Girl, Your Journey Starts Here focuses on helping women in business master their mental health. Hosted by Olivia B. Shepard, this podcast presents the best content on businesses, self-development, and self-care. Based on a completely different approach than other similar podcasts, Olivia also narrates how this content applies to womanhood, feminism, and everything in between. With Olivia, you will have your moment of transformation, no matter where you are in your life. Hello, and welcome to Girl Your Journey Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Olivia B. Shepard, your transformation and business coach. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast, where I am dedicated to the empowerment of women and to discuss real issues that affect us all. This podcast presents the best content on mental health, self-development, and self-care, and not to mention real talk. So let's jump right into today's topic. And of course, we're still doing the Women's History Month, and I was celebrating on the women that I wanted to, that I admire online, or some of the women that I like to follow, and plus a lot of them are different types of coaches. So this week we have Miss Lana Williams. Now I've been following her for a while because she is a financial coach, and she has, she put some gems out there, okay y'all? Like that's the one thing we don't talk about is our finances as much as we should be talking about them. We talk about them on a level of being broke we always talk about on a level what we have but we never talk about in the in-between and what I like about Lana and her posting on Instagram is she introduces this character named Malik and if you haven't seen it for those of you all who know Miss Lana but for those of you who don't you all need to check out her Instagram page and you all need to meet Malik Malik just comes to you every day with like these you know budgeting tips or these questions about your finances, things that you don't think about at the time. And I just like the fact that it's this little character does it. So I'm very fond of Miss Lana Williams. Lana Williams is a financial coach with over 25 years of experience in the financial industry. Positions she's held include regional sales manager, banking industry consultant, and financial advisor. Nana has worked with individuals and families ranging from high school and college students to small business owners, athletes, and CEOs, and says the number one thing she hears constantly is, no one ever taught me how to manage my money. It is her passion to help with that. As a financial coach, Lana works one-on-one with her clients to help them make better informed financial decisions to develop healthy money habits that will last. This includes creating an actionable financial plan that reflects their goals. Now, I love, 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 love this all day long, okay? Like, this is exactly what we're needing, and I'm glad that she helps students and athletes and CEOs because guess what? We were not taught how to handle our finances, and I was one of those people. So without further ado, Miss Lana Williams. All righty. Well, without further ado, Miss Lana Williams, please introduce yourself to my audience. Yeah, thank you, Olivia. And let me first say that I'm excited to be here. I, I've been following you and I catch some of your lives uh, periodically and I really like what you have to say. So I'm really happy that you're out here helping people and helping business owners. So I wanted to make sure that I said that. You don't know this, but it's so funny. I actually said this exact same thing about you in the intro. <laughs> 
actually said the exact same thing about you in the intro. So great minds, because you 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 don't you haven't heard the intro yet until you actually get the podcast. But that's that's so funny you said that. So just tell everyone what you do, who you are, and then we'll jump right into today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So my name is Lana Williams. I'm a financial coach. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia, but I actually work with clients all over the country. I specialize in professionals who are financial late bloomers. And I really sort of stumbled onto that. I've been in the financial industry for, my goodness, since two weeks out of college. I started with a bank who is now Bank of America in a management training program. I worked in all areas of the bank, you know, became a branch manager and have since over the past 25, 20, I would have to add them up, 27 years or so. Um, have been entirely in the financial industry. So I've been a regional sales manager. I've worked in mergers and acquisitions. I've been an investment advisor. I've been a consultant where we've worked with small banks and credit unions. I've worked with small businesses. I've done lending. I mean, you name it. I, I have done it. And to a lot of people aren't familiar with financial coaching. So let me just take a couple of minutes to share exactly what that is. But I'll start by how I got there. So working in the, the financial industry, let's say as a investment advisor, I'm working one-on-one with, with clients to actually invest their money, right? And so throughout the years, what I was finding is the, the products and services, right, kept getting more and more complicated. And yet the, the focus of the clients started revolving around debt, right? I started seeing more and more people have a lot of debt, not really managing and keeping up with, let's just say something as simple as your checking account balance, right? Because it's all provided for you, right? All you have to do is sign on and there it is. Where way back in the day, you literally had to balance your checkbook, right? You had to be one with your money. And so that coupled with working with so many different types of people. So, you know, your, your business owners, your CEOs, your millionaires, your college students, your high school students, the whole, the whole gamut. Uh, I really start to notice that money and financial issues were rarely about the numbers in money, right? It was so much more, right? It was how we grew up. Right. I had a client yet that has not mentioned to me how they grew up, right? How they were raised, how their parents manage money, you know, self-esteem issues, right? And so why do we buy name brand things and expensive flashy cars and we want the big house, right? And and all of those things really aren't about the money. When we think about it, money is man-made, right? It's not, you can't go pick it off a tree or grow it. And so that's what really sort of led me to financial coaching, because with coaching, and this is the start of my fourth year in business for myself, with coaching, I can tap into those things and, and work with clients on changing their mindset, changing their habits, understanding what's really important to them, right, and get, getting rid of all of the noise. 
And so working on those things as well as reaching your financial goals. And what in turn happens is you build your confidence, you have a more fulfilling life, but then also you're taking everything that you're learning and the work that we're doing and you're sharing it. And so that's the big piece. You're sharing it with your family, your children, your community, your cousins, right? All of that. So it has by far been the most rewarding work I have ever done. So that was a really long explanation of what, <laughs> of what I do, but. Um, it's so, and, you know, and that brings me to the topic, mental health in your finances, because mm-hmm. as a woman myself who suffers from mental health issues, a lot of the times the issue is finance. Um, Mm -hmm. What happens is, and I'm glad you brought up confidence and the self-esteem issues because people don't realize that when you don't have money, you know, when you don't have, when you can't pay your bills, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, your mindset is a whole different type of way. And I'm just going to give you an example, like from my true upbringing was it was okay to live paycheck to paycheck. So it was okay to pay half of something just so Mm -hmm. they to the next week so that you can go out and party, you know, like buy the grocery, buy the party food, you know, the barbecue food, the, the crab legs, whatever. You know, I literally grew up like that. I did not know that credit was a thing. I thought credit was just something to get you your house phone bill or to get into an apartment or, you know, to get a house or something, but not like a house, but to rent a house. So I still didn't know as a teenager as a, a, a hell of an adult, you know, coming up now, you know, I, I just recently, five years ago, you know, when we started to get, the, when we got the house, um, when we've been in the house eight years now, but we didn't learn, me and my husband didn't learn those things from our parents because I don't even know that they knew. My husband has a different set of parents where they were all military and they kind of did things differently. Where I came from a single mother who was raised by her mother from, and my mother, my grandmother's from the country. So she's from like North South Carolina. So she didn't even have the things that my mom had that we ended up having. So when it came to finances, that was just something nobody ever talked about. Either you had some or you didn't, you know, and also brings me into now like tax season. Like everybody is running around. Now that I'm a business owner, I haven't gotten taxes in about, 15 years back, okay? Because as a business owner, if you're doing your books and you're making some money, you don't get no money. So I haven't, I'm, even back, back back in the day when I first started out as a business owner, I didn't get taxes. So I don't know how it is to get, you know, like that little lump sum and then go buy a car or go buy some furniture or, you know, something stupid that we all go out and do. But what that's all I knew was taxes, and that credit, what meant getting your house phone bill or something like that. I didn't know anything about checking accounts. I didn't know anything. I knew I had a savings account, but I didn't know you were supposed to actually save the money. You know what I'm saying? So this was all new to me. And so coming up to me as an adult, and I now that I am coaching my clients, the number one reason why they are so depressed and so down and out because they have dreams of starting businesses. They want to do things, but financially they can't do anything. 
They are also embarrassed. Their self-esteem is low. Their confidence is low because they don't want to tell me that they can't afford me because their account is in the negative. They don't want to talk about that, even though I have told you, you heard some of my lies, I'm very transparent. I remember when my account was in the negative. Okay, I, I used to have an account that was in a negative like $800 to $1,000 before. You know, because I had so many checks. Oh, that's not even talking about my check writing days. Okay. <laughs> when I discovered checks, girl. So that's not even talking about that. But you understand what I'm saying, right? Because, <laughs> you know, when I discovered checks, nobody told me that you got, you got to have money in the bank account to write a damn check. Okay. <laughs> so it was very, you know, I didn't know those things. But now my clients feel like, okay, we're over 40. Why don't I know how to budget my money? Why don't I understand this? And I'm like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about because you're not the only person that's going through this. And I try to help them with that because I let them know that I've been there before, but I also want them to start working on their mindset so that they can get financially fit and free. So go into how, you know, if you were going having me as your client and I didn't have the money in the bank account, I'm, you know, I'm doing payday loans. I am, I have, a, I'm overextending on my credit cards. Now go into what it's like for you when you're dealing with a client with this type of coaching now that, you know, instead of the big, you're not doing, dealing with the big investment banker you're dealing with the poor sister who you know has three kids but she wants to start a business she wants to do a lot of things she wants to buy that house now but she doesn't have the credit she doesn't have the the, the, the finances or anything so how tell us how you go into that when you're trying to help someone like me well um so the the, the first thing we want to do is prioritize and so let me go into that just a little bit there's an author, David Bach, that talks about values, right? And when I read his book, it, it, it changed me so much. It brought so much together. So with values exercise, what we do is really identify what is important to you. And this is the stuff that people don't talk about, right? You're not going to see this on articles on how to spend and, and things like that. So what is important to you? So a good example is if you say uh, family is important to me, right? Financially, that means providing for your family. That means um, having life insurance, having uh, savings in case something happens, right? Your kids, et cetera, spending time with your family. Okay. All of those things and, and being able to financially support those things. However, if I look at your checking account or your credit card statement, I see everything but money going towards things revolving around your family. Right. I see big car payments. I see it eating out how many times a day, right? If you say security is important to you from a financial standpoint, that means having some funds to fall back on, having available credit, right? So that you feel secure, having a home, right? A stable home that you can go to. But again, we got to look in your checking account, <laughs> right? Look at your credit card statements. And I see everything but that. 
So that is the first start is to get really clear about that. And so I do those type of exercises. I call them soft, right? Soft exercises. I do those exercises so that we can kind of dust, kind of sort through. And we're not looking for perfection because self-awareness is is big. And you know that, Olivia. So we're not going to just do one 10 minute exercises and boom, right? You're there, but we're going to start. So that's the first thing is identifying, you know, what your values are, what's important to you, setting some goals. Okay. And setting goals, starting where you are. Don't worry about me. (laughs) Don't worry about Olivia setting some goals. So if saving money, is a goal of yours, that's what we start doing. That could be $5, that could be $10, that could be whatever it is, okay? And so that progression, so that clarity and that progression is the beginning of turning the wheel, okay? And believe it or not, you know, let me break it down. Finances is math. It's just numbers. So we need the numbers. We need the equation to work. So the equation is income minus expenses equals savings, right? Or it could be equals revenue, okay? It could be equals investment dollars, okay? That equal can be whatever you want that to be, but it's income minus expenses. So you either increase your income, you decrease your expenses. Ideally, you want to do both. Okay. So you want to pull those expenses down and you want to increase that income so that that equal savings, revenue, you know, et cetera, is bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's where the freedom, I call that the freedom area. And you can direct that where you want to. And so that's sort of the beginning. So again, getting clear, setting some goals, um, moving towards that and working on that equation. And a lot of that revolves around budgeting. You know, that's the, the, the B word that people don't like. But I think there's a fear around that. And there's a lot of lack of education around budgeting as well. Yeah, and that's the thing, and I, and I think it's so sad, especially in the African-American community, mm-hmm. that's where it is, you know? Um, we don't know those things, you know? I And, and it's so funny, because my next door neighbor across the street from me is 24 years old, my son's age. He owns mm-hmm. a home. Mm-hmm. Now, my son could have done that exact same thing, but of course, he got off track for a hot second, which he'll be on his way of owning a home before I did, like at my age, because well, I didn't, we didn't get out first off until I was like 40. So, well, 30, I was 39, I think, 38, something like that. But not still not too late, but not too early as well. But, you know, that was something he was taught, how to make sure he kept his credit together, how to balance his you know, his paycheck and his budgets and things like that. That's not anything that we talk about in the African-American community. And some, you know, I'll get some people who, and like you said, you do get people that come to you. That's the first thing that they say. But if you were to put this out on Facebook, when I do something, I'll get people like, well, I don't know who your household was, but my parents had three houses. And well, that was you, you locked up. 
I bet I, statistically, there are majority more people who don't know about finances than it is that do in the African-American community. You, you just don't see it because you have already been brought up that way. But there are tons of us who were not. And so when people come to you, are, is the first thing they're saying, like, what is a financial coach? Even though, you, you know, you went through that with us, but are they like, ew, what is a financial coach? You know, what do I do? I don't have money like you. You know, how, how, how receptive are they when they come to you? Are they coming to you ready to do what they need to do? Or they're just, you know, trying to fill this process out? Yeah, they, they come, my, my clients really come ready to work. And to be honest with you, I'll be perfectly honest. If they're not, I don't really work with them. So what I do, which, which I, I, you know, I do have people, I, I believe in value. And so I'm going to give you something, right? I'm going to point you in the right direction. I have a, a email lists of folks that, you know, if I see a good deal, a bank or someone offering a consolidation loan, I send that to them, right? Like we talked about this, hey, want you to be aware this is out there. Uh, If I see a, a bank with a good savings rate, right? I shoot that to them. Like I'm always feeding them something, but you really have to be there because it is a lifestyle change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the piece that you really have to be aware of that it, it's not I'm going to, you know, save $5,000, pay off my credit cards and fix my credit, right? You have to change the behaviors that, go that led you to the low credit score. And that's the eating out, that's still putting everything in your name, that's the, you know, the cars, you know, so that, and that's what exactly what we saw. And, you know, for, for someone to say that they didn't see that, you, you're now living proof that, that that's what we were doing. You know, we got the house or not those of us who are managing now, but before then, you know, we had the car, but we were living in an apartment you know, and the entire time we're eating out. Now, the older I have gotten, you know, I know now that, you know, I'll tell my husband like today, I I think we'll eat out today, but then it's enough to last us till Saturday, Sunday, you know, so we won't have to eat out because, especially because we're both dieting. But, you know, and I don't like to cook when we're dieting because it's just not good. I'm sorry. I don't like cooking diet food. It's stupid. But I'm on a diet. So we try not to, you know, we try to scratch, you know what I'm saying? And we no longer live. Well, I don't because I was the the hair nail queen. I am. I'm, I literally have the, the Louis Vuitton bag, you know, literally a $1,500 bag and I ain't got $1,500. That's who I was, you know, toting that expensive pocketbook and all my pocketbooks, my shoes, everything. And I had a dime to put in it. So you were right when you say that that's the confidence level of us because we have to look like we got it and we don't. So when people come to you now, do you get people who do come to you with that whole I want to fix my credit right quick because I need to go get something? You know, are those the clients that you take on or do you say, hey, you know, no, I'm more of a change of lifestyle type of person. I'm not going to do the fly by night thing. So do you get a lot of those people that come to you that just want to fix their credit just so they can get that house or that car the next year? 
Yeah, I really do. And I'll be honest, most of my clients come from referrals. A lot come from former clients or, you know, old colleagues. So they pretty much know. And then I do a consultation. And so, you know, so that's where we start. I do a free consultation and, and we just talk. And I encourage people to do that because, again, I try to direct you. Like I always try to find, have resources available. But, you know, the, the whole fix the credit thing, I have a couple of new clients who are came to me working with attorneys or, or, or to, to fix their credit, right? And they have, you know, some specific goals that involve getting loans. And so, you know, I'll do stuff like reach out to a lender and say, hey, this is the scenario because I want to prepare the client for that goal, right? So let's say one wants to buy uh, vacant land, right? Hypothetically. And, 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 you know, he or she may want to do that in three years or five years or whatever. What, but what I'll do is say, I want you to start inquiring about that now so that you know, right, what you need to do. You know what the bank is going to look for. They're going to look for 30% down. They're going to look for a credit score of this. They're going to look for assets or, you know, that you have a certain amount saved or, you know what I mean? So don't get there and say, I'm ready. And then you're declined per se. And then that takes you all the way back. And so, um, so anyway, going back to that, you know, I will have lenders that say, you know, don't pay off a collection because that's going to provide an immediate drop in your credit score, right? Or different things like they know. So there, there, there are no quick fixes. <laughs> it may look like it and it yeah. may get you something temporarily, but that's not the work that I do. And, and, and I don't have any quorums about that. I mean, there are, sometimes you make a mistake you, or you did not know and you just need that fix to get you right. Well, how you know do you what I mean? feel about that? How do you feel about the, the Lexington laws? Because if they're not exactly teaching you how to budget. They're not exactly teaching you how to maintain it. They're just helping you fix the credit for you to go back into debt. You know, so how do you kind of feel about that? Yeah, I, again, I feel it's all individual. I feel anything that's go, going to put you in a positive position, I support, right? You know, I don't judge what you do with it. <laughs> again you know there are folks that made mistakes when they were younger they didn't know and you know let's let me let me t uh, take a, a couple of minutes because you you've mentioned like the african-american community are growing up right and and i'm going to relate that to the african-american community what we have to remember with our community is you know m my grandparents are you know the people's parents were trying to survive yeah. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if we if we even go broader and talk about history, you know, banks were not lending, giving black folks loans by homes, right? They'll give you a loan to buy a Cadillac. Yeah, but not a house. Because they don't want you to not a house. Yeah. Right? You know, look at the, the the pay disparities, right, within our communities. So our families, you know, you would be hard pressed to find a African American that did not grow up next to some form of hard times, 
or poverty or right if it's not them they're right next to their one one generation away right so you know the the fact that that our parents grandparents etc etc work i mean to me i think we should praise them they did the best that they could they grew their food like you said you're from south carolina you know i'm sure someone in your family had had a garden right my grandmother was a housekeeper so she wasn't a housekeeper, like, and she was, a, I guess, housekeeper slash nanny because she grew, she um, took care of those kids. And they, you know, I mean, they were at the funeral crying harder than all of the grandkids. I'm like, dude, this ain't even your grandma. <laughs> when they were, you know, he he was crying, like, you know, it was a white family. But when I tell you that guy got up, those kids got up and they, or they are a lot older than us because I remember going there as a little child to, you know, to help her um, work. And those guys were crying like that was their granny, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, but that meant my grandmother meant a lot to them. So she didn't know, I will give her credit. She didn't know, but, and you know, so funny because when I told her that I was going to be starting, a, well, she didn't know I was starting a business, but I told her I was going to, you know, going into the housekeeper field. She, and she literally said to me, don't become a housekeeper. I don't want you to become a housekeeper. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. You don't want to do like I did raising somebody's family. I'm like, grandma, I'm the CEO. This is going to be a business. Okay. <laughs> but you know, she didn't know that. She didn't know that I was actually going to be running my business, you know, as the CEO of this little housekeeping service. But I was just good at housekeeping. I like, like I was great at it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I kind of give her a pass for that, you know, but then I get to my mom's era. Where, you know, my mom is the 13th of all of the kids. So she's the baby. So she's the only one with the high school diploma. And then she was the only one that was a little bit more modernized, I guess, for her era. So then my dad comes along, which is he's from Wilmington, Delaware. So I'm starting to think, and he was in the military. So I'm like, okay, y'all both knew something. You know, I mean, you both. Now, I don't give them passes. You know, I give my granny a pass. (laughs) I ain't giving my dad and my mom a pass because they knew something, you know, and see, my dad wasn't around and he used to tell me how he started all of these businesses. And I'm like, dude, you know, that would have been so nice to know when I got into, you know, going into business. I wish you had told me this, but my mom, I can remember days when, you know, we get a phone bill and it's in my name and I'm like, I'm 16, you know, how I got a phone bill in my name, you know? So Yes, it's you. I don't. You're right. I do, and I and I didn't even think about it like that. Where we have to look at the fact that they were trying to survive. My grandmother was trying to survive. She didn't drive, so she never drove a car in her life. She always was on the bus. She never owned anything. So yeah, I I totally will give our black folks just a little bit of leeway because that's what we had to. That you're right. They had to endure that. But now. <laughs> what's the problem now you know what i'm saying i'm gonna need y'all to get this together you know but talk about it from like i know you don't know what from the mental health part of it but what if you if it when it came to a client that was suffering from the mental health part of it where she she you know she, she needs to is, is that something you do is that something you say well hey she has everything together. She wants to work with you, but her mindset's not right. Is that something you say, hey, you know, maybe you need to go get yourself together first? Or is that something you could kind of work around to kind of help them beat that, you know, that depression? Not, not per se as a coach like me or a mental health 
therapist or anything, but say for instance, me coming to you and I'm depressed because my finances are not in order. How do you, you know, work around that depressed person that just wants to give up on their finances? You know, is that something you can help them pull themselves out of through the finances? You know, like give them some optimism, like, hey, let's take a look at your stuff. It's not as bad as you think it is. You know, is that something you can help them with when they come to you, you know, just to kind of get an idea of how to get themselves started? Because they don't want to do the quick thing. They literally want to learn how to budget. You know, most people that suffer from mental health issues have addictions and it's more or less not the drugs or anything, but shopping. Like I had a shopping addiction. So some of them, some of us do suffer from those type of addictions. So who, how do you help that woman, the woman like me that comes to you and says, hey, you know, I, I want to do it right. I'm ready to get back on it. But you, you catch them slipping sometimes. I don't know if that's something that you, you know, help with, you know, when it comes to their mindset. You know, I know you said you did some mindset work with them, but of course we need a lot of work. <laughs> you when you know when we're suffering from mental health issues, we do a lot of work. But the person wants to do it the right way. She doesn't want to do the fly by night. She doesn't want to do the Lexington laws. She wants to actually change her lifestyle. Is that something you can help with? Yeah, I mean, I try. So you know, I'm not a life coach. I'm not a therapist, psychology, etc. But again, I know what I know, and I know that you know. Some like, for instance, your perspective may be mental health causes financial issues, and you know, I would say financial issues cause mental health right issues. And at, at some point, it's tomato, tomato, right? So definitely, you know, some of the things that I do are, I have self esteem exercises, I have this exercise called toot your horn that we work on throughout our time. And keep in mind, it depends on how long the, the client, you know, decides to work with me, I have programs like time programs. And so we work on, you know, tooting your own horn and and, you know, people have challenges with saying good things about themselves, right? And I have a list of like 20. So you're not going to escape it. You know, we may do five, right, this week, and then I'll come back and hit you again. And we've got five more. Uh, and that's, that's building confidence. I assign, you always have homework, always homework. And see, that's a part of that commitment because you have to look at your money, right? You have to practice. Like if you're learning a, a musical instrument, what do you do? You practice. Exactly. So with your finances, you have to practice. So I always assign homework of some sort because that is your practice, right? Looking at your money, looking at, et cetera. I have an exercise. I'll, I'll share a couple. I have um, one, I call it a, a gap. And it's, you know, it starts with tell me the person that you want to be, right? All right. And, and kind of picture that person, right? What attributes, what do you like about he or her, right? And then tell me about you, right? So where's the, you know, kind of that gap? of where you are now versus that person. And then let's talk about one thing we can do right now to close that gap, right? Yeah. And that that's building, you know, building that confidence because 
you you know, we all have a choice. Here's the thing, hard times and rocky roads and, you know, that those things are a natural part of life. If you just go on a trail and walk the trail, there's going to be rocks and boulders, right? And stones. So fighting against that is defeatist. It, it is life. The choice is do we want to stay there, right, in the negative? Or do we want to pull up and start moving forward towards the positive? So I feel you have to give that negative its time. You can't ignore it because it's going to show up exactly. at some point, right? But, you know, you've got to, I've had days just being a business owner where I've had to drag myself, <laughs> drag myself, right? to do something to propel me forward, right? Let me think, another exercise, and, and I've tried, like I have so many examples, but I don't wanna share so much of, of client stuff, even though that you don't know where they are, but but this, one's, this one was kind of profound. Um, um, so I can't think of the name of this exercise, but basically we look at say time periods in your life, Right. And keep in mind, I research all this stuff like these aren't my ideas. Right. I kind of research like I have a client doing this and I just start researching different things that I can can help. And so time periods, you know, tell me about yourself between the age of um, uh, up to age nine. Right. Tell me about you. Right. And and, you know, a client would say, you know, I was happy, go lucky. I was popular. Right. Uh, people thought I was funny. I had a lot of friends. OK, tell me about yourself between ages nine and 14. Right. Oh, I was on the track team. I was right. I was all of this. Right. Tell me about yourself between 14 and I don't know, 18. I got pregnant. And then the whole community, the whole church family my family, everybody turned against me, yep. right? My, my friends, parents didn't want, you know, the daughters hanging out with me, okay? And so this person has found, you know, so let's say that's age, I don't know, 15, 16 or something, and they are 40, okay? And they have been giving, they, are, they have been a giver, right? And paying for other people, supporting other people. Oh, you can stay here, blah, 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 blah. And the realization is I, I, to, to get that love. Yeah. Do you see where I'm going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, that affects you, you know, as a person, you know, I mean, it's sort of my story, you know, and so you find this is on the back burner, especially, you know, trying to, you're just trying to get, now we're in survival mode because we're so busy trying to get through the week, you know, then the day, you know? And so it was, it's always survival mode. And it's so funny because I'm going to be actually talking about that tonight in one of my lives about the stuff you use to survive. You can't use that in order to thrive. You know, it's two different things. Okay. You know, so now that you're thriving, you need a financial coach. When you were surviving, you just needed a loan, you know, to get you through the next day or borrow some money from somebody, you know? So it is, a, you know, it's mindset. It's also changing your habits because you have to know now that you're no longer in survival mode. 
Because if you're already ready to get where you need to go, you need the financial coach. You know what you're doing. You know what you're trying to work forward to. So, you know, I, I completely understand that. And that's literally how most of my clients are when they're talking to me. Because a lot of people think that finances, which technically it does put you in a different class, but people have to realize that lack of finances doesn't make you no better than the person that has a bunch of finances. Because as long as you have morals and values, you know what you're doing, you can still be a decent person with a little bit of money. So I, you know, I, I have to kind of tell those people that as well. Well, as we wrap up, I would like for you to just go out and let us know, you know, what would you say to the person that's ready to get themselves together, you know, who is saying, you know what, I'm ready to change my lifestyle. I'm ready to change my habits. I am ready to buckle down. I want you to be my financial coach. And, but they don't want to hear the word budget, but that's the word that they need to hear. So they're coming to you, but they don't want to hear the word budget. How do you put that word in there? So that, because that's what we need to hear. We all need to budget. I don't care what nobody says. We need to budget. And if that means couponing, you need to coupon. If that means getting things on sale, you know, or not getting that car that you want, maybe go buy a cash car, you know, things like that. When that person comes to you with that, I don't want to just stuff. What do you say to these people? Like, hey, okay, you know, there I'm coming to you, but I really don't, I want my life to change. I want to get my life together, but I don't want to budget. What do you say to them? Yeah, well, and, and it's so funny that everyone thinks budgeting is deprivation, right? But if you if you if you run a business, you have to have a what? Yeah, a budget. <laughs> a budget. <laughs> you have a nonprofit, you have to have a what? A budget. A budget, exactly. And the purpose is to direct your money where you want it to go. You need to be able to see it. Right. Like I, I can't even I've been budgeting for so long. I can't even imagine. I don't think I can function without seeing. Right. My my money is sort of like getting in the habit of uh, grocery shopping with a list. If I get to the grocery store and I forgot my list, I just go home because I <laughs> I'm so dependent on that list. I, I don't even know what I need. Right. Getting that way. But. I'll, I'll try to remember because I'll be like, but I'm, I, but I get that, but I get the list. And right. I, get that. I do get that right. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so what I say is that it is a vehicle to get you where you want to go. Right. It's a tool and that's how you have to see it. I don't dictate what, you know, I have, have clients that, they want 2000 a month for their spending, right? That's you. <laughs> I don't dictate what that is, right? I see my job is to, to help educate you and to get you where you tell me you want to go. So I'm going to say, this is the number for this, the number for this, the number for this, da, 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 right? Now, here's your budget. And you work out how to get there. Uh, But we do, you know, honestly, we do a couple of exercises and talk through some things. And I have yet to to have someone rebuke. But if if there's anything that uh, 
they're hesitant about, that some may be hesitant about, is just constantly keeping up with it. That's it. And, and there's fixes for that. I mean, there's so many apps and programs that do all of that stuff. I mean, your bank, your bank checking account. Unnecessary stuff, but we don't keep up with the stuff we need to keep up with. Right, right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, listen, when I tell you the number of people that have had anxiety attacks or cry during our sessions, you know, um, when I tell you, and that's a release, right? It's a release. When I tell you the number of surprise faces, when I say go add up how much you've spent on dining out. Me. My husband, he, you know, he thinks that for the amount you spend at the grocery store, you can also eat out. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way because, you know, I told him, I said, when I start bringing in the, the million dollars, you know, I said, now we're going to switch roles. You know, I, I said, that, that means you have to cook. Oh, we'll mm -hmm. just eat out. And I'm like, no, you, we can't keep the million if we're going to be spending the million, you know? So he doesn't realize that going to the grocery store and then going to eat, you know, eat out is the same thing. It's not the same thing. You might sound like the same thing, you know, because you spend the same, you spend $80 here and you spend $80 there, but think about it, you get one meal for that $80. Whereas in the grocery store, you get several meals, you know? So it's, I, I can, I, I will probably be in a total shock. I probably, I already know what I spend. So that's why I've been watching myself, you know? Um, I like the budget part about it too, because I am learning to go to the store to get what I need. And I also mm -hmm. never go to the store hungry anymore. Because mm -hmm. as much as people don't believe that, that's the thing. You're going to buy everything because you're hungry. So mm -hmm. I literally go buy a list. And today I went by a list. It's still expensive because I don't know what. But I like the list. I like the whole list thing. I, there was, That might have been a time when I would still go in and just guess. And then mm -hmm. I end up picking up 150 things that I didn't need. So I do like the list as well. So that's that's awesome. Um, and the whole crying thing, I can imagine, you know, <laughs> you've been so long doing it so wrong. So now somebody's and you're and I think a lot of it is mostly mostly embarrassment, too, because we all think that we should always know this stuff and we don't know it, you know, which is goes goes into the mental health part about it we're embarrassed because we feel like we should have not known this thing this thing that we should know and we don't you know and it's okay that we're learning and this is what you're here for which i am very very happy that you know that i follow you now tell them about this little malik character before we get off here <laughs> because i absolutely love malik and if y'all don't follow her um she's going to tell you how to follow her i'll also have it in the notes as well but please, please, please tell me about, tell them a quick little story about how you came up with Malik and who Malik is. So Malik is when I first started, I, I had started a year before I kind of got on media and stuff like that. Um, and, and that was primarily just getting referrals from former colleagues. And so, of course, you know, that starts drying up and people are saying, well, you need to be on Instagram. You need to be on Facebook. You need to. And I didn't know anything about that. What I did know was that, like I said before, that money is rarely about money. And I wanted a way to talk about those types of things. Right. Um, 
And so, but I didn't want every post to be about that. You know, you want to mix. I want to educate a little bit. I want people to get to know me, et cetera. And so I just said, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like a little character, but I don't know how to draw, right? All I can do is a stick figure. And so a, a friend of mine who's an artist, so I kind of have like artsy friends, photographer friends, you know, that, that type of thing, even though I'm the, the finance analytical person, right? And she was like, I think that's a great idea. She's like, it's, it's unassuming. I could relate to it. I won't feel a certain way. And so literally the first year, it was a me drawing on a piece of paper, <laughs> a stick figure every Monday, Mondays with Malik and me just, you know, just different things that pop into my head that I know people are, are dealing with, talking about, thinking about, et cetera. And what happened was everywhere that I went, of course, this was, you know, pre-COVID and I would see someone they're like, oh my God, I love Malik. And I, I'm just like, does anybody see anything else that I, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, talk, <laughs> I love Malik and you know, and I just look for Malik. And so I decided that I, you know, I wanted to, to like my, my, I'm going to take it bigger, take him bigger and make him a, a big part of my brand. Yeah. And another friend who's like a, a graphic designer, et cetera, uh, sent me the the image that I have now because I couldn't copyright the drawing on a piece of paper. <laughs> uh, and so that's where you have it. And let me point out that I specifically wanted him to be a black male. Oh, yeah. I like because you know, because he's a black male doing positive things. And so I um, relatable. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't feel like I think you put on one there one day about um oh god it, it was I, I and I didn't have my notes here. Oh god, it was a really good one and it and it kind of hit home, mm -hmm. but it didn't also feel insulting, you know. Mm -hmm. So Malik is like that. He doesn't he's hitting home, but he's not insulting. You know, so when you do say something about, I think, God, what was the one that you put today? Was it Monday? The one that you put Monday, Monday was, see, I have to, I, I really, I literally wake up and do Just, them. Well, it was a really good one Monday pass that you put up there. And it's, he, like I said, Malik is so relatable. So when you all go follow Miss Lana, you're going to know what I'm talking about with Malik because Malik is <laughs> Malik kind of just asks you little questions and Malik makes you think about like, oh, okay, well maybe, and it doesn't feel childlike, but it is, you know what I'm saying? It's like a little child figure, but because at first when I first started seeing it, I was like, why is she drawing this person? Is, who is this? And then when I started actually, you know, seeing what the message was behind it, and you know, you know how you have your, your, your post but then you have the picture and then you post. Then yeah. I started saying, oh, okay, that's what Malik is talking about. So yeah, I like Malik a lot. I can't wait for everybody in my audience to go over and friend request you and um, get to know Malik. So with that being said, um, I like to end my podcast interviews asking to tell my audience one favorite thing that you like to do when you're not working, when you're not saving people's futures uh, financially, 
<laughs> what is something that Lana likes to do outside of all of this? Now, I know for a fact that you, and it's so funny because I think you put up there one day about hiking or something, and you said that you were frugal. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that is so cute to me that she, she literally says, I'm like tight with my money. Like, okay, I'm tight with my money. I love that. Okay, so, and there's nothing wrong with it. And all of us understand that. You know, the old me would have been like, okay, she's stingy. But no, the new me is like, okay, she hiking someplace I have never been before, so I got to save my coins, you know? <laughs> so I got to get frugal so that I can go to hiking. So tell my audience, after saving the world financially, what do you like to do? You know what? Probably my most favorite thing is um, music, like uh, outdoor concerts, live music exploring different music, riding my bike, listening to music, walking, listening to music, just, um, you know, I was a, a DJ in college, <laughs> uh, which is completely opposite of what yeah, I do. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we miss those outdoor concerts. I, it's a lot of things that we miss, but hopefully by the end of this year, going next year, will be safer. You know, I think we shouldn't jump into it like right now, even though everybody's being vaccinated. But I think around Christmas time, we should be able to be able to be back with our families again, you know? So I can't wait for that stuff um, as well. So tell everybody where they can find you. You know, I'm going to have the links um, in the podcast notes, but tell them where you are and how they can find Malik. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Malik is actually on Instagram. I haven't put him anyplace else just because I'm a one woman show. Right. So um, but Instagram is L William Finance. Uh, Facebook. My Facebook page is L William Finance. Uh, I have a Facebook group and that group is called Financially Conscious Living. And my website is lwilliamfinance.com. Uh, if you would like to schedule a free consultation, go to the website, lwilliamfinance.com, click on financial coaching. And the first thing you'll see is click here to schedule a 20 minute free consultation. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for joining my podcast today. Um, like I explained to my audience, I am going to be starting Financial Fridays in my group um, next month because I think it's something that we need to talk about for mental health. Um, a lot of people don't like to talk about it. And I want to address it. I need to address that. And there's a lot of other topics I would like to address too. But I'm going to start with the finances starting in April so that we can get everybody in a situation where everybody could be on the same playing um, field, you know, because a lot of people are not, especially, you know, depends on how you vote, um, you know. <laughs> depends on how you vote you know you know you ain't on the same field as us okay so <laughs> and they ain't trying to help us so we better help ourselves you know what i'm saying for us to get those tax breaks we're gonna have to actually figure out a way to get there because you know what they're helping their people and we need to help ours okay so thank you again and thank you all for joining me for another topic with an amazing lady. I am so excited about this podcast. I cannot, and I'm always excited about all my podcasts, but this is the one, the first one I've done about finance.
And it was really good. And I really, really am thankful and grateful for that because I needed to get this word out um, about mental health and finances. So I thank you so much for gracing my little podcast. Um, as always, you all can catch me all over the social media. Y'all know where I'm at. If you want to join the Facebook group so that you can get in on the financial Friday starting in April, it is Mastering Your Mental Health and Entrepreneurship. Also, look forward to, I think I have two more weeks of Women's History Month when I am continuing to interview all of these wonderful ladies. And then next month, we will go back to cocktails and conversations. Because uh, <laughs> I've been having like theme, you know, the, this whole month has been themed. But when I'm doing cocktails and conversations, I just tell people to bring their cocktails and we just start talking. So now I'm not going to be theming it no more after um, this month. So I thank you all for hanging in with me. And for those of you all who are looking for cocktails and conversations, it will be back April 1st sometime. So thank you all again for tuning in. I look forward to hearing your comments. See, I love the comments. So I look forward to hearing your comments. And as usual, look forward to a new podcast every Friday. So until then, be blessed and stay safe. Thank you. Bye now. You've been listening to Girl, Your Journey Starts Here. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Tune in next time for another episode with your host, Olivia B. Shepard. Until then.